Zach and Courtney. Zach and Courtney. Zach and Courtney. Zach and Courtney. Ooh, they're really talking. Yep, I am. We're so scared of the Zoom robot. Hello, everyone. So, I want everyone to her. know that today, for the first time, Zach didn't fight my Joseph Gordon-Levitt joke that I made as I hit the record button. Um, also, I think I, I I will just preface this by saying I can hear it already, and I've noticed it. I've talked so much in the past week because I was busy doing things that my voice is a little um deeper sounding and hoarse sounding so you get that today folks sorry about that just a disclaimer zach's like i don't hear it and probably y'all can't either i just feel it maybe Nah, this is great for all everybody you're a fan that one blonde bitch from Disney's Atlantis, the Lost Empire, with the kind of raspy voice. You're in for a treat today. <laughs> Say hello to her. I have a Say hello to her. Comment for us if that was also an awakening movie for you. In I more feel ways like that was an awakening movie for a lot of people. Because there's yeah, a exactly. lot happening in that movie for a lot of people. Like, you know my ass was all over the main guy, right? I love like, that. Bye. Yeah. Not only did I rewatch it a few days ago, still great movie, but Jade recently got bangs. She keeps saying that she looks like Milo Thatch. And I'm like, why do you say specifically Milo Thatch from Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire? And she's like, because I got bangs and I wear these big round glasses. So like Milo Thatch. I think she's rocking it a little bit more than he is. I will say as, I, I someone, as someone who long time love for Milo Thatch. When I got bangs last time, I looked like Noel Gallagher. So Jade's winning. That's what I'll say. Jade's winning. Uh, she looks great with bangs. Listeners, I do not. We're going to keep that middle part. Sorry, I'm a Zoomer or whatever with my middle part. I don't care. So you crushed on Milo Thatch. Mm -hmm. Did you love Stuart Little? I love Stuart Little the movie. I was not in love with Stuart Little though. You were not you were not sexually attracted to Stuart Little, the little rat man from the movie of the same name, written by M. Night Shyamalan. That was written by M. Night Shyamalan? No wonder it's so good. I fucking love Stuart Little. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a rock your world. Sorry, everybody. If you've been keeping up with your M. Night Shyamalan marathon, that you're definitely should be doing right now because Mercury's in retrograde. Oh, well, that too. Also, his movie is coming out. <laughs> Looks weird as fuck. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, if you skipped over Stuart Little, you skipped what I'm pretty sure is his like first big writing credit. And yeah, I agree with Courtney. That's why that movie's so good because he wrote it in like the peak of his artistic prowess. He's great. Mercury, Mercury's in retrograde. That's why I slept like shit last night. <laughs> I also did too. It's okay. So back, you know, I will say we don't have a ton of crazy back news, but like he was out and about 
Um, he was <laughs> at. I think he was at Devandra Barnhart's birthday party. I don't have the screenshots on hand, so I cannot verify that. That, but I'm pretty sure it was Devandra. It's Banhart. Excuse me. I think I said Barnhart. Devandra Banhart, who is Barnyard. a singer. He just turned forty. Happy birthday, Devandra. Looked like a lovely birthday party. Beck was like hanging out with some like family looking people with like children. He looked happy. Looked like a good time. Yeah, Courtney still won't tell me who this person is. He's a singer. I don't know. The only song I know off the top of my head is one called Fancy Man. It's funny. I think you would like that song. Devandra Barnyard? Devandra. I see Xander Bogarts. Devandra Van Hart. Yes. Whoa, look at this guy. <laughs> kind of looks like the teacher from Glee if he like went out in the woods for a little bit. Which teacher from Glee? Back to Beck Podcast. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the only other thing is Beck posted that he was eating at a diner and some people were like this is from december isn't it which the thought of that is very funny to me that he like went to a diner like when it wasn't okay but now that it's okay he's gonna post these old ass pictures he has i hope that's not the case but that's really kind of funny if it is but he got Fucking a vanilla king he got a vanilla milkshake it's cute. Can you see on my phone? The uh, sure. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not logged. Not even showing the milkshake. She's just showing Beck, like zooming in just on him. And another classic Beck selfie. Like when he wears that little hat, he always looks like a little boy. He does. Well, it's like man. it's because it's not like a proper baseball hat. It's kind of one of those like. <clears throat> how do I say it? Like, it's softer. Like, it folds easier. Whereas yours has, like, <laughs> shape more. Zach is wearing a baseball hat right now. It has more <laughs> yeah. shape to it. So I think that's what does it. Oh, dear God, my laptop. Can't, I cannot do that. Okay, there we go. Sorry, Seems it was cool. burning. You can, you can put it in your pocket if you want. <laughs> I only wear movie-themed baseball hats. No, I watch movies. No, literally every baseball hat I own is movie themed. I have two specifically tied to films. I have one that's like the VHS, like the blue screen with like the numbers on it, like when you start a VHS. Oh, that's so cute. And then I have a film festival hat. So literally the only baseball hats I own are film related. Not on purpose, it just happened. Cinephile. Uh, okay, we're talking about music. So that's the only back news, really. I think he added. There's more dates to that one. It's like an offshoot of the the festival in Barcelona that's happening in Portugal, but it's still Primavera. So and it's like a lot of the same artists. Like I think Rose is going to be there too. So, but we got two songs today that were good songs, and I'll full from the front i always say we're transparent podcast the second song we actually organically got was mattress from one foot in the oh grave Zach was like let's just go with it and then i was like no <laughs> not today because we literally got a one foot in the grave <clears throat> song called sleeping bag last week like i'm not doing this 
I'm not it, doing it. Pretty weirdly coincidental. So like, forgive us for skipping it. We don't feel like you'll miss it. No, because we actually got a song from um oh, the it. one person whose favorite Beck song is Mattress. They're like, oh man, oh. we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You one person out there. Yeah, if you want us to cover it, you should spend more money on our Patreon, where you can. Yes, that's right. If you're a top tier subscriber, you can request specific episodes, uh, and we'll we'll do it. That's that's on our Patreon that exists now for seven hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> if you pay $700, we fly you out to our recording studio in Bora Bora and you get to do an episode with us. Yeah, Just kidding. Cool. You will never do an episode with us, you filthy pleb. <laughs> Why? Because they, they chose to spend $700. No, because their favorite song is Mattress by Beck. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm really hurting the feelings of this hypothetical fan. I literally don't know if this person exists. Like, I literally don't think anyone on Earth's favorite song in the whole world is Mattress by Beck. Tag us on social media and say, hashtag, I am the Mattress fan. (laughs) (laughs) So, we got, I would say, an all-timer today, and then just another good song. We got Volcano from Modern Guilt, which we've gotten like one or two Modern Guilt songs, not a lot. The second song song we got is from Mutations, which we've gotten Mutations a lot more frequently now, which I think is good, because like I'm just not as familiar with it, so I appreciate being uh, forced against my will to (laughs) acquaint myself with it, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying (laughs) it. We got Lazy Flies. It's a good one. Yeah. So we're going to do Volcano first. And I want to make a disclaimer. And we Uh could avoid this, but I feel like people would be mad because I've seen stuff online of people bringing it up. I'm going to talk a little bit about S-word theology because I think it will make the conversation richer. I'm not... Everybody, because, what? What's everybody, that Courtney's gonna do it. She's gonna talk about Mormonism. <laughs> I think I understand S-word theology more than Mormon theology. If we're really being frank, right now, everybody watch Murder Among the Mormons on Netflix. such a good documentary best, series. Best series I've seen in fucking years. Shout out to Jared Hess, <laughs> one of my favorite underrated directors ever. Anyway, I apologize that I'm talking about the thing that I avoid talking about, but I think that it will add perhaps some color to the conversation of this song. And I also have seen people online talk about it. So I feel like we would get yelled at if we didn't. Gotcha. And I think it's interesting as like just modern guilt in general being the last album he made for such a long time and then and i think whiskey clone even discusses this a little bit in their notes so we can get into that in a second but the 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 sharp change from the attitude on like this song versus like a morning phase song and i think that unfortunately s word may have something to do with that change more like fortunately because i think he was moving away from it if you know what i'm saying so i just wanted to say the the words morning phase because it's the best back out 
Um, so this, um, this is a, this is not a happy song. It's very much a soul searching, being disconnected from those around you and just not enjoying your life. definitely very introspective and like you know i i will be respectful too i'm not saying the word since we're like actually talking about it yeah. but like it, to me it really kind of blatantly reads like as that great line just like right out the gate uh you know i don't know what i've seen was it all an illusion all a mirage gone bad i'm tired of evil and all that it feeds but i don't know like that that just like sounds like it to me you know in a very kind of like more blatant way than like i mean i don't know when he does talk about i feel like he is pretty blatant most of the time but like it can just be like hard to talk about understandably so but so yeah yeah so just to i guess add context for those who don't know why we would be talking about us word theology in the very high up levels of the organization i shudder to even call it a religion in all honesty yeah yeah. uh once you've paid boohoo bucks to get there they reveal the essentially the basic theology laid out by l ron hubbard who knows if i'll bleep that out or not like bleep his name out or not i don't know i don't know but essentially um their giant yeah, yeah, I'll say you you the best part about it is you don't even have to pay. You can just fucking just, Google it if you want. You can just yeah. watch that one episode of South Park if you want. Literally. Like, like, like the, we, they have been scammed out of their own scam. It's great. They have, yeah. And um, it's great. <laughs> so their deity um sent a bunch of his folks to Earth mm-hmm. 75 million years ago and put them around volcanoes mm-hmm. and then killed them with bombs and then the scriptures say that the spirits of those beings can adhere to humans which causes spiritual harm so yeah. essentially and once again i'm literally just reading the wikipedia page and i've seen like two documentaries i'm not well versed so in say, we're not experts and that's probably a good thing <laughs> but am i right zach that the more of these beings you have the worse off you are supposedly yeah and i thought that the lore was that like they were thrown like into the volcanoes that's what i thought it was but i could be wrong because like you know the volcanoes do i think the main point i guess is what we're trying to say is that like volcanoes are genuinely like a a major spiritual touch point for you know s word like they are in the same way that you know like i don't know mountains and olive branches and stuff are for like christianity or something like that like i feel like they are considered like 
a key symbol in this. And so for Beck to use that and talk about so explicitly and talk about, you know, not just how it could be in relation to that, but like uh, later on down the song, he uses like a real world incident Mm -hmm. to kind of like talk about himself as well. So it's cool to see him use this thing of former importance as like this touchstone for like a variety of different like ideas and themes. Like it really is. And like Whiskey Lynn says this too, like I'm sure Courtney would agree. It really is like, I'd say one of the more like densely packed songs we've seen of like ideas from him. It's also very powerful that this, this ends modern guilt. This is the closer. This is the closer of modern guilt. And then he went on a hiatus for almost a decade. Wow. Not a full on hiatus, but he didn't release a studio album. This this was the beginning of like the major gap between this and wow. So the soul searching going on there is just insane. I cannot imagine this after he had his accident. I can't imagine what Mm -hmm. was going on. In his personal life, I mean, we can't, and we—it's not our job to speculate or guess. Right. But um, just the idea of this is definitely a person that is conflicted with every aspect of his life, and of course, as much as we avoid talking about S-word at this point in his life, he was allegedly a. a practicing member of the organization right right. so this reads as someone who's having a spiritual crisis and of course to me using volcano is blatant and it's blatant that maybe he feels maybe at this point he felt like he was a bad person or in a bad position because of that very problematic theology that he was a part of like it's not that anything's wrong with him or anything's bad with him but you know how many catholics feel horrible because you know they get a divorce and now god hates them like i I mean it it really feels like like an atonement you know yeah it's it's him coming to grips with like who he is like spiritually which is very heavy (laughs) Yeah, and he, I mean, Beck is a person that is familiar with different religions. You know, he was raised Jewish and still to this day um, identifies as a Jewish man. He had a grandfather who was uh, some sort of Protestant minister. I can't remember off the top of my head if it was Baptist or whatever, but, you know, non-Catholic Christian. Um. And, you know, you see that in all of his music, you see the influence of more traditional Christianity or Judeo-Christian um, just stories and whatnot. So it, it's interesting that maybe all of those together, all three of those things together come into play and you could easily have a crisis of faith. Like, I can't imagine, I can barely, I don't know what I am, and I struggle with that enough. I can't imagine having three clear family-rooted religions. Like, that's a lot to deal with. That's a lot to, that's a lot of pressure, because I'm sure you would get pressure from all sides. Absolutely. Um, so, you mentioned earlier 
that he references a uh, real yeah, world yeah. incident. He's referencing mm-hmm. um, in 1933, a Japanese girl jumped into um, a volcano that's now Mount Mihara uh, in Japan. And it led to over a thousand copycat suicides within three years. And it ended up becoming kind of, I would say similar to the, the forest in Japan where it's almost been like yeah, romanticized, yeah. even though it's really upsetting and sad. Like the fact that a horror movie was made about that forest is just despicable and gross and weird. Two horror movies. <laughs> oh my God. You're right. Mm, yeah. Just awful. So I Thanks think a that's, lot. Gus Van Sant, you should know better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea of that line where he references her, and I mm-hmm. heard of that Japanese girl who jumped into the volcano. Was she trying to make it back, back into the womb of the world? Man. And that's like, I think that's almost Crazy. like, and I, I think where did Whiskey Clone mentioned it? Where did it say? Um, Sorry, I'm reading. I can't remember if this was on Whiskey Clone or if I read it on Genius, but the idea of that he's he doesn't want to die, but he's curious how people would react if he was gone or what how the world like like to experience like to experience death in an it's a wonderful life fashion without actually dying and i think that's super telling that he was thinking this right before he quite literally did kind of disappear from music for a little while and that maybe was his way of disappearing and maybe he needed to like that was probably the best for his both physical and mental health and clearly, you know, just because obviously we're, we've been looking at his whole career, whatever happened in that hiatus period was for the better in the end, because you come out with mourning phase and he seems like he's healing. It's still a very upsetting and tragic album, but there's more hope in that than there is in this song. And as he continues, I mean, obviously we've discussed colors a little bit, but, you know, colors is saying a lot that's not blatant, but that is hidden there. Mm-hmm. And then obviously just how his personal life has changed. Like he, he was able to grow and I think get out of a bad situation. So it's very interesting to view this song knowing what came after, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like not even just career wise, just like, uh, or like artistically or whatever. Uh, it's so funny that we got like this. Cause this is something that like, to get kind of real like i've been thinking about like a lot lately like uh anybody like if you're like i uh watched bo burnham's uh latest special inside lately for fan fam if you're not it's cool i get it. this isn't like a recommendation or anything i mean i would like i loved it but uh there's one part where he says like if i could be dead for just like a year like just experience death for like only a year and then like come back like that would be like great and so that's a very interesting idea of like having you know the end point of you know doing that but then being able to come back and hopefully just like have you know 
kind of like a reawakening like with it i think it's interesting that like beck is talking about that and because again yeah like i don't think it's like not genuinely suicidal like i don't know because like you know there's clearly like the want to like stay living like in it otherwise it would just be like let me be gone but like the fact that there is like the wanting to move on i think just like it kind of speaks to Beck's like resilience in a way. Cause like, as we've said before, like this guy's been through so much fucking shit in his life. Yeah. Just like absolutely <laughs> awful things in his life and yet still persists. But so he is being very frank and saying like, Hey, look, sometimes I'm just like tired, you know, like that's just, I don't know. That's, that's a lot to like take in but I think it's necessary and I like seeing that. No, I agree. It's, it's incredibly powerful and it's, I don't know, like it's so much to put into a like four minute song. Right. <laughs> like right. it's insane, but it all works. Like, it, yeah. It, it, and it's beautiful. Like the instruments are gorgeous. It's just a gorgeous song and you can feel the heaviness, but it's still like, like I've said before, even his saddest songs don't put you in a bad place the way that some other artists do and don't get me wrong like some people prefer to like listen to crazy depressing sounding music and that's right. fine but i always appreciate that about Beck. uh that even when he's a little on kind of a downer it's still i don't know it's just the way that he conveys emotion is a little different and i i enjoy it i agree um, one thing I thought was interesting uh, that Wissicon said uh, is that one report referred to Volcano as a cranked up sea change song. Um, and then Whiskey Clone said verbatim, I'm not quite sure what's so cranked about it. It is a pleasant, it is pleasant and laid back, but still thought-provoking tune, which I agree. I think it's kind of lazy to just say anytime he has like a slower song that it's a sea change song. Right. That's very, cranked very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not cranked up at all. It is very laid back and like Wizzy Phone said, very thought provoking. I think it's it's just it it lets I think it, the, I mean the like that's like the dumb categorization we talk about a lot where like yeah. everything Beck does has to fit into something he's done before, which like it doesn't at all. That's a very like skewed way of looking at his art. Yeah. No, it's uh sorry to interrupt yeah. you. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. I'm just reading Whiskey Clones. It's uh, it's interesting. He didn't really play this song live. He played it four times ish. Mm. It looks like. Um, and one of the play, yeah, I don't either. And I think that just shows probably how personal it is. But one of the one of the shows that he did was in Japan, which I think is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, it's I don't know, it's a it's yeah, a it's a great song, and I feel like this is the deepest we've ever gotten. So thank you for forcing us to volcano yeah, for real. the song. Thanks, volcano the song. Yeah, and back. I guess we need to think back a little bit. Like, whatever. <laughs> he wrote it. It's fine. Um, no, it's 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 really good. And as much as I shudder to have to actually talk about Asword, I think it was. One of the few times and places that it was necessary to do so. Um, yeah, it's just very, it's very interesting because this is such a like on the cusp moment in his 
both life and career so it's it's yeah. very fitting like imagine because you know i was like a child when this came out so i didn't hear it till like i was in high school and morning phase had already come out but imagine being like a back fan and this is the last like major song you hear from him for a while that's crazy it's very eerie yeah um well do you have anything else um, on volcano we did it we talked about multiple s words and we came out okay <laughs> we did we live so to really pivot um our second song was lazy flies from mutations which is still very mm -hmm. Was that a fart? <laughs> you said you said to pivot. So I was like, <laughs> like you're like you're you you shifting in your little chair. You got oh. your little rolling chair. You go. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh my lord! Um, I wish I was in a. He confessed. She's just farting all the time. <laughs> I, we know this podcast knows I have gastrointestinal problems. Y'all will be the first to know when I get a diagnosis. Courtney's blowing the doors off the hinges. It's true. I have a fart filter that I put the episode through every week so that you guys don't hear it. Technology's amazing. I have a sauerkraut jar for my water now, so you can't say it's moonshine. Ew! It's Gross. been washed out, you Courtney's kid. drinking fucking sauerkraut juices? What is this? Some fucking new age, like, fish oil bullshit? What the hell is she doing? No wonder she fucking farting all the time. She's drinking straight sauerkraut. <laughs> Man, Courtney is hitting the bottle. <laughs> And the bottle more than Al Capone in Tom Hardy movie. <laughs> Lazy flies, which is what's Lazy about town. to be fucking flying around me because I smell like shit because it's like eighty-five thousand degrees in this room. He's um, covered in flies. <laughs> I'm, I'm Robbie Rotten. This is Lazy Town. <laughs> Lazy Town. Did you watch um, Lazy Town? <laughs> I feel like Lazy Town was a little after my time, which concerns me because it was definitely after your time then. It, it's it's weird. It definitely was, but like I guess Jade is like slightly younger enough that it mm. wasn't past her time. Because there's one point in time back when like, you know, Lazy Town memes were like really popping. Where yeah. I was like, do you want to just like watch Lazy Town? And she was like, yes, like let me show you Lazy Town. And we watched a few episodes. And this fucking children's show made for literal babies literally had me laughing so hard. It was really good. He calls he the hero's name is Sporticus. Robbie Rotten always calls him Sportaflop, which is like such a good road. That is an incredible roast. Wow. Sportaflop. He's coming this way. <laughs> the most like over exaggerated voice. I mean, oh my God. Rest in peace, Stefan. Yes, it's very sad. A legend. Anyway, not to, not to pivot one more time, but I just found this information out, and this is just me hydrating the podcast for my own personal gain. Okay. No, I need to ahead. announce to every single person listening to this, all 15 of you, 
<laughs> that um, the 1984 classic film Streets of Fire starring Michael Pare, Diane Lane, Rick Moranis, and most importantly, Willem Dafoe is now streaming on Netflix. So get your ass over what? there. It's one of the most incredible movies ever made. It is a rock opera. I literally I cannot stress enough how good and ridiculous this movie is. Please go stream it. (laughs) I will literally watch it. I always hate that I missed your screening for it because it's It's so good. Last watch of the group, but like I will definitely watch it. It's so good. Willem Dafoe, peak sexy Willem Dafoe to me at least. Wow. uh, Anyway, lazy flies. Lazy flies. Lazy flies. Lazy flies. That's that's Bobby Flay when he doesn't feel like cooking. Um, <laughs> that one hit. Tell me I'm funny. I'm funny. You uh, are funny. Lazy flies are hovering above. The magistrate puts on his gloves and he looks to the clouds, all pink and disheveled. There must be some blueprint, some creed So, like I said, mutations, every time it comes up, I am so, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised. Of course it's good. It's back. But I'm just like, go off. It's all, they're always so vibrant. I feel like that's the right word. They just, there's such a life to them. Vibrant. This one is bizarre. I would say this is maybe one of the most bizarre Beck songs ever because the instrumentation is so calm and just like is what it is but the lyrics are absolutely batshit so to me that <laughs> elevates it weirder than a lot of the like odalate or even midnight vulture songs because there's really so much happening with the music and like the sampling in the odalate and midnight vulture songs that you're just like yes this is weird whereas this one it's like this is a lovely little melody and then you listen to the words and you're like did he just say the dust of opiates and syphilis patients on brochure vacations? And yes, he did. The way that Beck describes this song is like so insanely funny. Like he describes the song as being an imaginary movie about some colonial futuristic backwater like to him yeah for for Beck this song is like a surrealist movie that he's making like which is so like awesome I love it it's so cool it makes me want him to like write a screenplay and then if he's not a confident writer have Zach clean it up and then they'll make a movie together and it'd be wonderful Clearly, Beck just go to like Spike Jones or Michelle Gondry. Like, oh, they do it, yeah. Just like the ultimate comeback. It's a musical where all the songs are done by Beck. Oh my god! Oh my god! Wait, now I really want this. Now. <laughs> Man, the only thing I want more than that is Peter Gabriel's canceled rock opera. I think about it every day of my life. You already got it. It's called Birdie. <laughs> A rock opera. It's a great <laughs> film. Birdie does rock opera. <laughs> stream it on like Crackle or whatever the fuck I streamed it on. I don't know. If you like your Birdie with like eight interruptions mm-hmm. of medicated foot cream, then you'll love Crackle, this week's sponsor. 
Crackle is our sponsor this week. Peacock next week. Um, maybe I feel like there's another Tubi. Oh my god, Tubi's yeah, Tubi. Yeah, Tubi. IMDb TV. Yeah. Uh, Pluto. Yeah, uh, there you go. I knew there was another one. I knew it. So lazy flies. Yeah, I. I just, I, I don't know if this is one we can, like, analyze beyond what you already talked about. Like, that it's the whole, yeah. like, movie thing. I could only go so far as analyzing it as I could just, like, praising Beck's attention to, like, world building. Yes. Guess, which, like, is very good here. I mean, you know, as me and Courtney have shown with AI Dungeon Maker, we're fans of... And also D and D players, uh, you know, we love good world building, and this song definitely has it. But like, feels like what was that other song he did? We had another song too, or like he kind of like described like a weird like punk futuristic like kind of world that was like probably rebelling against like the upper class or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, it was it was, was it Broken Train? I think it vultures. Is. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like there's a lot of information songs that do a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe not as good at the world building on the information songs as this right, or even right. Broken Train, because the information sometimes it's like, oh, he's just saying words now. You know, what yeah. I mean? which I love when Beck just says words. Excuse me, I need to like extend my entire body so that I don't sweat. Um <laughs> that warm in here. Um, I'm so sorry. I hope that it gets better. I'll live. That's fine. I chose to live in Georgia. I wasn't born here. It was a choice. My plants are thriving because it's a greenhouse. Um, it's true. Like a plant that I thought was dead for like six months just sprouted two giant new leaves that are now taller than me. You can't kill me. Exactly. Maybe it's going to eat me. Maybe it's a um. A little drop of horror situation. Well, I'll keep you up. This is where you guys say, I will start singing if you mention that. I won't because I can't sing. <laughs> oh man, I would love to see love a production of that shop. where you played the plant. I, you know, you could be either they, though, you could also be Seymour. So, I thought say my ideal, like, impop. Actually, no, not even impossible. My ideal casting, I'll say it. I play Seymour and just in advance record all of my lines as Audrey too. Like exactly. if I could play both, that is literally my dream role. I almost did uh like tried out for like a community theater production of Little Shop, but it just didn't work out and I regret it every day. Because I saw it, and it was great. It was surprisingly good. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That's just such a popular do you want to know my dream casting? And I want you to keep in mind that I can't sing. Yes. So this is very realistic, maybe too <clears throat> realistic, but I still don't think it'll ever happen. I want to play the leper that says, I believe you can make me whole in um, Jesus Christ Superstar, because that's her only line. And I, that's like what I would say to Jesus because I'm missing an organ. So it's like method acting. I believe you can make me whole. See, I'm okay. It's enough for that one line. Zach left. 
I'm fucking. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> I agree. You but... live your dream, Courtney. <laughs> Thank you. I'm praying. Unfortunately, there's no community theater here. It's simply just the university, and I'm not a student. So. <laughs> oh, what if you tried to like audition? They're like, go away, the old. You work for the school. You can't hang with us. Literally. Old. There's going to be like a 28-year-old, like, seventh-year, like, theater major. Exactly. <laughs> um, I agree. The world-building, impeccable. I mean, just some of these lines. <sighs> Lazy flies all hovering above. The magistrate puts on his gloves, and he looks to the clouds all pink and disheveled. There must be some blueprint, some creed of the devil inscribed in our minds. Like when I read it like normal, it sounds like a book. Like it sounds like literature. The book of Beck. <laughs> this is like his revelations. Oh God. <laughs> Beck, sweetie, write write some what do you is it litur lit liturgy? Courtney said, yes, King, please write a religious doctrine. <laughs> please. Beck composed spiritual text. Daddy, please. <laughs> Beck, please nail me to the front of the church. Nail, nail lyrics to Midnight Vultures on the door of the church. <laughs> I think we'd all be happy about that. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I have an incredible... This man wants to redefine sex laws. What is he thinking? <laughs> Oh my god. Noah and I are gonna be butts in seats the Thursday night premiere for Dear Evan Hansen. I have <laughs> to know what y'all think of that. Okay. I have to. Only I, I promise we'll get back to the song or like yeah, yeah. soon. But like I can't. and now I've done it to Noah and it's in his head too. Oh no. I don't know any of the music from Dear Evan Hansen because I, I literally right. knew nothing. I mean I knew the plot because I like looked it up on Wikipedia and but right, like right. there's not really a lot of music in the trailer either. So when I, but I can't get it out of my head. Like I can't get the concept of Dear Evan Hansen out of my head. It plagues me. So instead of a song from the musical, because I'm not familiar with it, I keep getting the, the title Dear Evan Hansen, but to the tune of Hey There Delilah by Plain White Keys. Dear Evan Hansen. Exactly. <laughs> That's almost that's that's just as funny as RuPaul being like, "Did you see Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, Ben Platt was so great as Dear." <laughs> <laughs> same energy, yeah. Same energy. Look, since it's on topic, since you brought it up, last thing for me, me and Jay talked about last night. <laughs> Do you think that Ben Platt looks like David Berkowitz? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a moment. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying for Mindhunter, they already got Jonathan Groff from Glee. He could sing. Oh, me. We, we actually talked about, neither one of us have seen Mindhunter, but like we talked oh about because God, so we good. talked about how fucking uncanny the guy they got to play 
David Berkowitz was, as in he looks exactly like him. And from what I saw, apparently he's the kid from like Project X, which is like so funny and awesome to me. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Courtney okay. is like computer, having like, a <laughs> computer enhance. One second. Oh my god. Can you can you can you see? I I can see it. Like, look, he like method acts, he goes like fucking jared leto in chapter 23 like he puts on like a little bit of weight like they do his hair out because like i'm pretty sure he has like curly ish hair that he could probably work with like i think they could do it like do you see it or am i crazy? i do no you're not crazy it's haunting me a little bit it's the mouth <laughs> just talked about that like it's the eyes i think ben Platt could play david berkowitz. yeah the mind hunter david berkowitz is the mind hunter everyone is good but yeah, lazy flies. Uh, I do you have anything else to say about lazy flies because I have a quick story that does involve Beck. One word. I genuinely don't, other than just like I do like the song. I like the sound of it, and like it's fun to just have sort of like more of like an experiential song to listen yes, to. I agree. And literally, like, look up the lyrics. Like, this is one time where I'm actually saying like, look up the lyrics and like read through them because like <clears throat> it's like you're listening to like a really cool audiobook like yeah it's great. so look it up it's a great song yeah it feels like a narrative poem set to music exactly so my story and i'll be quick um the other day i went to a record store um that i love and trust and i've been going to for the past several years but i haven't been there in a while because of the pandemic and i picked up some cds i got a copy of 13 by blur I got an ABBA CD. I got the soundtrack to So I Married an Axe Murderer. Great day. I also Wild. picked up a CD copy of Odalay because I don't have that on CD. And it was like $2, whatever. So I bought it. I bought yeah. them all. Get in the car. Driving home. There is no disc in the Odalay CD. Well, that's why it was $2. You were just paying for the case. I literally paid for the case. <laughs> but I feel like I no, I really paid for the ability to tell this story on air is what happened. Exactly. Only two bucks. Exactly. So I literally wasted my money for you people. Thank you. Did they just like do not get I didn't back? say anything. Take my two dollars. Like it's fine. Uh follow us on Twitter, back to back pod, Instagram, back to back podcast. Um, I think our we're not linking up to Apple Podcasts correctly at the moment. By the time this airs, we might be. If not, we're trying to figure it out. So bear with us. I didn't yeah, let, let us know if you do listen to Apple. If you do, if there's any issues, like, yeah, let, let us, us know. know. But thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Times Square can shine as bright as you. Hi, everyone. Make sure you check out other podcasts within our podcasting family. Zillennial Cannon, where Kira and Adam discuss films on the millennial Gen Z cusp and how it shaped them as film fans. Aggressively Okay, where Adam and Joe cover all things pop culture and film. SeltzerCast, where Sean and Agassi explore the bubbly world of seltzer. 
Dan for Life, where Nick, and sometimes Lauren, interview a guest through the lens of the seminal text, Dan in Real Life. Moody's Pod, where Nick and Aaron take the classic Amanda Show segment, Moody's Point, and break it down episode by episode. Dadcast, where Jillian and a guest sit down to review a movie your dad probably fell asleep to on the couch. The featured players where Bram, Beth, and Brendan talk about the weekly status of Saturday Night Live's featured cast. And I Was Scared too, a horror movie podcast hosted by Kid Cinema and Mr. Movies, a.k.a. Fashion JZT, where they talk about all sorts of spooky, scary movies. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>